Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Radio's your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, December 9th, 2021. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. I want to say hello. I want to say we are back. It has been a weird couple of weeks, obviously, for the Dallas Cowboys and for us at Blog and the Boys with the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving Day. That was two weeks ago and then again on Thursday Night Football one week ago and since that was the case that obviously affects and impacts uh, the timing of things we create the timing of our podcast obviously you've heard from me here on the podcast network the last two Thursdays on our postgame show but because the Cowboys played at four o'clock three o'clock depending where you're at on Thanksgiving Day we just we we dropped this show out of the rotation because I was going to be here on the postgame so you have that bit of context as to why this show hasn't been in your feed specifically over the last two weeks but it is back and it is our first episode back since the week leading up to the Kansas City Chiefs game and since then my family and I have a new addition uh, my wife and I had a son uh, two weeks ago yesterday actually and just wanted to say again thank you to all of you who have sent uh, tweets and direct messages and emails. It truly means so much to me. I say this a lot. Um, I, I love, I just absolutely love what we have here at Blogging the Boys, our community, our family of Cowboys fans. I, I say this a lot. It, it is the coolest thing in the world to me that we all share this common denominator, that we all love this team, and that we can come together and, you know, share that in the way that we do. And so uh, it means a lot to me that you would include my family and your thoughts and your prayers and, and things. And so um, I'm just, I'm I'm really happy um, to be here is, is uh, kind of where I'm at. But um, I wanted to give you a treat because uh, we have been off of the last two weeks. And so I have a very special guest. We have a very special guest for you. Um, since it's the lead up to a normal week again, we're playing on Sunday. Good times. All right. Starting to feel like normal again. Uh, just like we did three weeks ago when we were getting ready for the Chiefs. Uh, we have brought in a very special guest. Now, the conversation you're going to hear, you can watch in our preview show on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. So if you consume both of those things, this is that conversation. It's me speaking with Brian Stabby from Hogs Haven, SB Nation's home for Washington football team content. Stabby and I are good friends. Uh, he was on the NFC East mixtape. If you listen to that show uh, that you get every Wednesday here on the network as well, uh, he covers the Washington football team. He knows them well. He's a great, funny, smart guy. And so it was a really good conversation to kind of kind of figure out how Washington fans are feeling about this team. This is a big game. This is one of the first big Cowboys-Washington games this late in the season in a long time. Uh, so really just kind of wanted to poke his brain and, and see how they're feeling. And so I won't hold you back from it anymore. Joining us next from Hogs Haven, it is Brian Stabby right here on the Ocho. Pleased to be joined by the one, the only, legendary, incomparable, internationally famous, supremely handsome, makes a mean tiramisu, I can tell you from personal experience, um, if that wasn't a lie. I hope he does. I'm sure he's talented in the kitchen. From Hogs Haven, all over the Hogs Haven universe, really all over 
all universes, uh, wherever you access your particular universe. It is the one and only Brian Stabby. Stabby, thank you so much for taking the time to join us at your favorite SB Nation community blog on the boys. Yeah, well, here's the thing about tiramisu, and I, I hope uh, the listeners get – you should get a pen and paper here because there's going to be a lot of tiramisu chat. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, RJ. I'm looking forward to this week. It's a good, it's a good one. It's a big one. You and I last spoke on the NFC East Mixtape, which is a uh. show I do with, with Brandon Gotten uh, from Bleeding Green Nation. He and I cover the NFC East every week, um, and we talked to you in the offseason as we were checking in on, on the state of each team. And I told you that BLG thought that Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick as a pair were better than Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott as a pair. I expected laughter. I expected, you know, uh, scoffing. But what I what I got, surprisingly, was a level of agreement with BLG. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on how, you know, it hasn't been Ryan Fitzpatrick, but how this season has kind of panned out? You know, was, there was a lot of fun talk that we had back in the summer. Well, as long as no one goes back and listens to what my actual predictions were <laughs> about how the NFC East would shake out, then you could say whatever you want. Um, needless to say, I, I was maybe high on our own supply at the moment. Um, not to say that the division is out of hand by any stretch, but um, yeah, well, we got a good like two and a quarter quarters of <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's all she wrote. Um, he, this week uh, was trying to, you know, they were trying to rehab this injury that he got in, in that week one matchup. And it doesn't seem like it made enough progress. So uh, surgery it is. And that's, I mean, he's on a one-year deal in Washington, but I mean, it's gotta be it for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL. And um in my opinion, I mean, it would be one heck of a story to come back, but I think at this point he's done quite well for uh, for a guy from a small school like Harvard. Um, <laughs> listen, obviously Dak has looked pretty good this year. Um, I still am very bullish on Mike McCarthy, which I think was the point that I brought up when we discussed this last, which is I think Dak is, I mean, you know, he's the best quarterback in the division and the stats have borne that out. And I would have said that if you had asked uh, when we discussed this last, I still think that Mike McCarthy's a little bit of a, a doofus. Uh, <laughs> I just like, and all this, I will give him, he's had some redemption because um, you know, a lot of that opinion was formed on the fact that it didn't really work out with Aaron Rodgers. We've learned a lot about like the guy that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, not all the blame is, is clearly on his shoulders, but, all that is to say, I mean, if we're going position by position, um, coaches included, I'm still taking Ron over Mike McCarthy, but we will grant that uh, that Dak has has earned his due this season. Uh, if so facto, Brian Stabby basically said that Dak Prescott's better than Aaron Rodgers because he hasn't provided the same level of difficulty to work with. Not my words, your words, Stabby. But I have. Let me think that one through. I won't disagree with you immediately, but yeah, fair enough. Um, so you, you kind of touched on it, obviously, in talking about Fitzpatrick and, and everybody knows, and it's unfortunate what happened to him. There were a lot of Washington fans, and you, you told us this back in the summer, that they wanted to see Taylor Heineke, wanted to see that project kind of bear itself out. And everything I was going to say since, since he sort of, I can't, I don't know if you could even say took over since he inherited, um, you know, the situation, not even the position has, has, and really everything kind of before him, everything under Ron Rivera, both personally for him and for this franchise 
has been such a story of resiliency. And I feel like that's been the case week in and week out. And to that point, I think Ron Rivera deserves more credit than even I was willing to give him. I've always agreed Ron Rivera, fantastic human being. I think the perfect person to hopefully get that culture um, in, in a much more respectable place. But he has, you know, this this winning streak they're on. It's not, you know, these aren't these little cupcakes or tomato cans. This started by beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where – Taylor Heineke led what might be the drive of the season that any oh, yeah. team has had across the entire NFL. And so they're here. I mean, th- this is, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the kind of team we expected, a team that could hang on defense and then do just enough on offense to hopefully squeak out a couple of wins. Yeah, and it doesn't look the way that you would have expected. Um, some of that due to injury, um, a lot of it due to injury. I mean, Chase Young being out. They're Ryan on their, Fitzpatrick. I mean, they're, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're on their fourth kicker of the year. Um, Curtis I, Samuel's been, you know, that we, we can admit now, Stabby. Overrated, overhyped signing, at least. Yeah, I think everybody was just like kind of hoping. <laughs> like, they're like, okay, there's a wide receiver. We don't really have very many of those. And, you know, sure. it's Return one of those. Yeah, I mean. Listen, someone needed, they just needed somebody else so that they weren't constantly doubling Terry McLaurin or like tripling in some cases where they're like putting a linebacker up when mm-hmm. he's more inside and then a, a corner and a safety. He was getting that all year long. And the fact that he has been able to put up the numbers that he has with the quarterbacks that he's had and with the other sort of potential threats that are around him, it is truly remarkable. And I think he's, he's becoming he's in that cut of like guys who everybody thinks is underrated, which means that he's maybe no longer underrated because everyone's talking about how underrated he is, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. They haven't really hit on a lot of wide receiver draft picks in a long time. So everybody's really excited about Terry by all accounts seems like a pretty good dude. Um, All that is to say, yeah, you're right. Like this is a team that, you know, the expectation in the year was like the defense would carry them and they would do just enough on offense to win. And that's kind of how it's materialized again in like a parallel track to what you would have expected. Um, but yeah, they've, they've really, they've pulled a few out where it feels like they on any given day would not have won those games. I think Tampa is a great example where if they don't, basically hold on to the football for almost an entire quarter. You don't give Tom Brady the football back, right? Like if you give him the ball, he's going to score on you. Um, And then, you know, they, they put themselves in a position where it's like not incomprehensible that they could compete. And some of that again is, is luck. And some of that is circumstance. Um, The NFC East and really the NFC as a whole, like not really, um, you know, pound for pound, as good as the AFC is. I mean, there's, I, it looks like right now, probably none of the teams in the playoffs are going to have a losing record, but if it was going to happen, it was going to happen in the NFC. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I think um, it's, it's hard. You, you sort of, you make your own luck in some cases, like they put themselves in the position to like capitalize when they needed to just enough so that these last games um, of the year, can mean something. And that's really all you can hope for, I think, as a fan, right? Yeah, I, I think all that's really well said. And I, I've always kind of a, a measurement for me is if you're doing your Christmas shopping and your team is in the mix, 
that's kind of what you want as a fan, right? Like, they, yeah. you know, you, you want more, but you know, they're, they're entertaining, you know, for you around the Thanksgiving table, things like that. Like that's, that's what you hope for. You don't, you don't want to be out of it, you know, by the time people are, are dressing up for Halloween, no. uh, which, which is often the case, you know, for a lot of teams. I agree with you that this is, this is very similar to who we thought they would be, but in a parallel universe, it's kind of like, um, do you watch the first episode of what if the Marvel show? I haven't. Is it good? The show is good. The first episode is not that great, but the, okay. the whole right, the whole the whole show it's worth it. Just power through is my point. The whole show um, explores like alternate timelines or alter, alternate universes within you know the Marvel universe, and yeah. so in some of them things are like dramatically different than than they are in the universe we know it to be. But some it's only like one particular variable is different, and I feel like that's kind of what th- this is a different universe than we expected, but it is somewhat similar and that it's Taylor Heineke. The defense is again, not as great as we expected. No chase young Montez sweat out this week, but that's, this is the archetype of the team that we envision. I do think this is a playoff team. I'm with you. I think, you know, there's no more 500 teams, but by virtue of not just the NFC being down, but the third added wild card and to yeah. Washington's credit here right now, they are not the third wild card. They are the second wild card, the traditional wild card. I mean, I, I think they're playing postseason football. Have you allowed yourself, do you think, you know, Washington fans have allowed themselves to accept that premise? And furthermore, have they allowed themselves to dream that the NFC East is available? Because not in a narcissistic way through the Cowboys lens, it's kind of felt like it's Dallas's to lose some since basically week three or week four. It's only now that any other option is starting, starting to really be entertained by anybody. Well, I'll tell you something about Washington football team fans, and that is they will take any glimmer of hope that is there and will blow it very much out of proportion really on a dime. And it goes both ways. Like if they're, if they're winning, this is a playoff team, like to the fans, if they're losing, it's like, well, we're not going to take another one for us. We're a little bit dramatic in that regard. Um, So that's the fans. I have um, not quite let myself get there personally. Um, And again, I did pick this team to win the division. I thought it was going to be a very different looking team than the one that we ended up getting. Um, it's it's not so much that I don't think that they can do it because I, I definitely think that they can. Um, and in these division games, they're never like quite a coin flip, but it sometimes can feel that way. Um, but they've sort of like put themselves in the driver's seat. And if they can do it, and they've shown that they can do it when it's hard to do, and so there are going to be some games in the stretch where it's like they should win those games. But this is a team that has displayed some difficulty in the past, like doing what they ought to do. Like they'll go out of their way and do something special that you don't expect. But the stuff where you're like, all right, this is routine. <laughs> These are teams we should beat. These are plays we should make. Those are That's when they have trouble. So I'm still, I have, I would say, extremely cautious optimism um, way dialed back from our preseason predictions, but it's sort of like, that's you're right. That's the position that you want to be in. Like you don't, when is it fun to be a fan of a team when they're winning and when you're not disappointed? Right. Mm. So like, I'll be excited for them to win and I'm not going to allow myself to get too disappointed though. I cannot speak on behalf of the entire Washington football team fan base because um, listen, we, we wear our emotions on our sleeve. I think you can. I think if anybody can, it's certainly you. And you're right. I think, you know, not that you did this, but a, a lot of people, when they make their predictions for the season during the preseason, they it's just uh, it's just who who won the, the, the eight divisions last year 
and I'm going to adjust one. Who were the, the four teams in the conference championship games? I'm going to adjust a couple. And so, like, I mean, you heard it, too. It's like the NFC East is going to be one with seven wins. You know, it's 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 this silly kind that of ritual bias. Like everybody's like, well, that's yeah. what happened. So that's what's going to happen. It's exactly. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's it's almost as if things change year to year. And Washington, you know, could be the first team in the NFC East to repeat as division champion since 2004, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's just it's a silly thing that tends to happen. Everyone's Super Bowl prediction is always the same two teams or maybe a team that was in it two years ago, whatever. But uh, and then they'll, they'll be like, I'm going out on a limb guys but the bucks are going to win it all you know mm-hmm. but and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to stumble in washington in week you know 11 or whatever it was yeah, but you know they're, uh anyway um to that point though first step for many teams is winning the division and i i believe that washington is a playoff team i obviously believe they're a wild card team this win on sunday for dallas i think would put a a a tough stranglehold on the division. And I actually feel for Washington because I, I want to see this Cowboys team challenge. They, they barely eked out a win over Taysom Hill last week. I want to, I, I need to see some, some sort of a win with authority to feel better about the run that they're about to hopefully go on here. But if they win, if they get to nine and four, they put Washington at six and seven, they have a game in hand, the road game in hand against Washington. Washington's final is, you know, five games, including this one are all against the NFC East. I do think that that would make it difficult. And I'm a little bit bummed that Logan Thomas is out. Montez Sweat is out now. Has has whatever hope you think that people have had for this game taken some taking some hits with the Logan Thomas, the Montez Sweat injury news and the COVID news for Montez Sweat. Well, I mean, Thomas was out for a long stretch to start the season and they kind of found ways to make it work without him. Obviously, they are markedly better with him than they are without him. And it's like a real bummer that mm-hmm. he sort of came back and then immediately his season ended. Um, they don't really have a replacement for him that's just like they, as a they fine did, texas aggie please put some respect on ricky seals jones you know, I, it's just... <laughs> listen he he actually he's made some he he had a touchdown catch i think it was actually his it was both his first catch and it was a touchdown that was a game winner earlier the season where it's like where'd this guy come from i mean <laughs> I, you know like uh, the washington loves washington fans love the two things that they love the most are the backup tight end and the backup quarterback. Everybody mm-hmm. loves the backup tight end and backup quarterback. It's like, well, whoa, whoa, he catches passes and he run blocks. Like, have you seen anything quite like this? Uh, yeah. Okay. But to be, yeah. So to be fair, um, they, they are going to be hobbled. Um, I think you're right that, an, that sort of one more win over Washington and then, I mean, the Eagles are sort of like still being annoying and like all <laughs> around. Um, I I think like if Dallas splits both of those, like it's they they got it pretty much locked up. I feel like this one to me matters. I mean, well, you it's like cliches. You take them one game at a time. This one feels really important. Whereas mm-hmm. like I can't necessarily get myself to like, well, what's the second one like? I feel like they got to win this one in order for the second one to like really matter. Um, and maybe they'll sort of be jostling for one of the wild cards, you know, if, if everything kind of goes to plan, but I mean, coming off like Washington, this is what they did last year, really too. Like they were in a big hole early on and then they kind of figured it out in the second half of the season. And I think the hope coming into this season, which is, was the source of a lot of optimism is like, okay, well they, figured it out in the second half of last season. So that'll carry into the first half of the season. They won't take a step back, but that's like 
not what happened, obviously. I mean, circumstances being entirely different. Um, so, you know, you'd rather they all, they all like mean every win is the same in terms of like wins and losses, but like they are winning games now. Like they're not in a free fall. They're mm-hmm. looking on an upward trajectory. Um, whether or not they can sustain that against, um, against Dallas is an entirely different question. You know, you, you mentioned the Tampa win, which, which is a, a quality win. I mean, that's, the that's best one of win. the best wins for that, this organization. And I don't know how long I mean, it's that's... a long time. Like they really, they had to earn that one. That was one that like the bar was high and they surpassed it. But you know, I am sort of also putting some caveats on the other wins since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Seattle, I think Seattle's like done and dusted. Like it's, it's it's like over, and even that win to your point took a awful Russell Wilson throw on the two point conversion. Yeah, and it, like so, skin of their teeth um, against a team that I think like had you know pretty reasonably high expectations, and sort of some of that was maybe mis- misguided, um, sort of hoping that what had happened would continue to happen, but you know, like a one score win at Carolina, who's like not so good. That was impressive to me though. Cause that was the, the cam first game starting first game at home. That's a lot, you know, and it's Ron Rivera back, you know, like that. I'm, and yeah, but Cam, I'm, I'm Cam's been kind of, some, Cam's been yeah. kind of, butt. like everybody, did, we didn't know yet that he was going to be, butt, but it's still impressive. Butt. And then sure. I, and then a point that I don't know if any of you raised, I thought it was super unfair that last week, Washington had to travel to Las Vegas after playing on Monday night football when the Raiders were coming off of Thanksgiving the week before. So you literally have the shortest amount of rest against the longest amount of rest without factoring in the bye week obviously. And the shorter rest team has to travel. I mean, so, you know, not a pretty win, but still like that's who they are. They grit it out. They find a way. Yeah. And I mean, they did have to, they, that was one of those ones, again, skin of their teeth. They had to, like, do just enough right in order to make it work. And that's sort of been the trend, right? Like, they do one or two things where it's, like, they had to do it. And then, like, 50-50 on the stuff where it's, like, okay, well, that's nice. And they've been able to basically make these in the stretch, save for the Tampa game, which was a 10-point margin of victory. Everything else has been a one-score margin mm-hmm. of victory, right? Um, and, you know, a lot of this, like, the narrative is... Well, Taylor, Taylor Heineke. And of course, like it's it's the story of the year for them. Um, I a lot of people, as I mentioned, when we talked over the summer, wanted to see sort of like what he had, um, what we, we've gotten to know. Uh, he's sort of he's definitely his limitations are very clear, but his sort of the things that he is there is there are areas of his game where he's like gotten better and better and better. And there's some things where he's sort of come in right off the bat and you're very impressed i think namely he's he's got a very short memory mm-hmm. he'll make mistakes which are annoying he'll like make inadvised passes in critical situations where it's either like a turnover or just about a turnover but to his credit he doesn't sort of like let that stuff snowball which is perhaps his best his best quality mm. um his arm his size, you know, pretty limited. Like we know what we've got there. Those are like finites. I think his he's gotten better at decision making ability and improvising. Even though he is largely taken, um, 
like they have told him like don't take off and run if you get too yipped like that was his whole thing early on it's like okay well he's fast it'll move but like he's almost stopped doing that he's stayed in the pocket a little bit longer which has been good he's gotten better at that and then you know his ability to sort of just like move on to the next when things go sideways that i think is is definitely worthy of praise and um you know i is he the quarterback of the future like maybe that's a conversation five or six weeks from now i think probably the answer is still no but he is the type of guy i think that can either in washington or somewhere else like parlay this into a long term like i'm not gonna say he's gonna be chase daniel but like he has shown himself to be a capable nfl quarterback and i think he'll get other opportunities even if it's not to continue to start in washington exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics but now with ai People can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. I think he's he's like Case Keenum, you know, somebody who's put together a nice season that is going to, you know, buy and, and earn a couple backup jobs over yeah. the, you know, next five, six years, whatever the case may be. Uh, my last one for you, Stabby, um, five division games to finish the season. Prediction time. Dallas at Philly at Dallas um, and then New York to finish it off. I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go three and two. Okay. Um, what are the two losses? I mean, I'm, they, I'm assuming they. You're, you're, I don't think. Be, I don't think it, you think they they're losing to the Giants. I think no. They, it they better must... not be to the Giants in the last week of the season because I've seen that that's that one before. I've seen that episode and it is debilitating. It really is terrible when it's and I'm uh, Kirk Cousins like just threw some terrible interception in interception in like 2017. I'm I'm gonna get raked for not remembering the year, but I like really filed that one away because it was. I was like on a knee in my living room for a while after was, afterwards. You know what it I'm was talking forget- about? I remember exactly what you're talking about. It was really forgettable. Kirk had a chance. Uh, that was 2017. That was Philly's uh, Super Bowl year. But that was, you know, they had a chance to be a wild card team. Uh, yeah. It just didn't work out. And Kirk like had the ball and had the opportunity. All they had to do was just like not that thing. And I was just like, oh, so it better not be the Giants. I mean, yeah, I, it's sort of like. It's either going to be, I also, I have a hard time seeing them sweeping Philadelphia because they just like, don't like to do that. They love, this is a team that loves splitting division games. So, so then which, which, what, how do you think they like structure the losses for me? Cause if they, if they split Dallas and Philly, but if those two losses come these next two weeks, yeah. if that, da- if, if Dallas wins on Sunday, 
and then Philly beats Washington next week, and Dallas beats your team, the New York Giants, next week. That's it. That's the NFC East. Yeah, mor- morale will be uh, will be pretty low. Um, it, I I will say it will be interesting to me. I don't know how much you've followed this, but like ticket prices right now are bananas for this game. And it's the America's team effects, Abby. I'm the stadium. If it's if it's I would be surprised if it there are fewer than 60% Cowboy fans there at this game. I mean, there is a huge DC Cowboys contingent, which is just so Beautiful. annoying. It's so <laughs> annoying. These people, it's like, I don't, I'm not going to insult your listeners. I just, please stay away from me. But the fact is like the stadium has been empty and it has been for a long time. And so the fact that the team had to put out, like we're doing $99 standing room only seats and like you can go on StubHub, but it's going to cost you $300 to me says that these are DMV area Cowboys fans who haven't seen them play in person in like two years mm-hmm. and are going to just really. So it'll be cool to have a full stadium. It's going to be a real bummer when it's full of like, Cowboys fans from Dundalk, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Like, to, to your to your point though, and that's what makes this week fun. This is the first, at least that I can remember, Cowboys trip to DC, whatever however you want to put it, uh, but metaphorically at least. Sure, to DC, yeah. Um that that carries juice in a long time. Um sure. I mean, because it there have been very few games. I would say honestly, the last trip there. That, that carried juice. I know that they played on Monday Night Football there in 2015. The Cowboys won that game, but that was Matt Castle. It, you know, wasn't, it didn't, it, uh, every Cowboys fan had kind of mailed it in because Tony Romo had been lost for the season again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the last one was maybe 2012, the season finale that RG3 won his rookie year. Um, other than that, it's just kind of been these like October games or whatever games, and it's just been like another one, you know, on the docket. Um, so I'm excited for that. And to your point, there are probably a lot of locals that are like, you know, none of these games have really been worth it. You know, we've, we've gone to Philly, we've gone to New York, we've gone to Boston, whatever. They've been in Boston twice the last three years. Now right. let's, let's kind of keep it a little bit more local. Um, well, you know, so then pick this game. You, you think they'll split with the Cowboys? Which one is this the win or the loss? They have a way of, um, of like doing what they're not supposed to do. So, in the spirit of that, I will probably say that this is the Cowboys win. And then like Dallas is going to get all high and mighty on the 26th and Washington goes there and wins. Mm, I could totally see that. But again, that would put a lot of pressure on next week's Philly game uh, for Washington with Dallas having the, the, the low luck giant. So um, stabby last thing for you. Yeah. How about this with uh, Taylor Heineke moving on to be the quarterback that John Elway falls in love with in the off season and therefore, you know, be in charge of the Broncos. Um, obviously Washington needs a quarterback after the Minnesota Vikings move on from him. How about a Kirk return? That would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, it would be something. <laughs> would uh, Do I have to say what it is? Because that would be, it would be unacceptable. I didn't think like, <laughs> I, I love, I love fantasy. I, I'm a big, I, you know, I'm, I enjoy it, but um, that it was maybe a bridge too far. <laughs> mm. uh, Brian Stabby from Hogshaven. Uh, actual last one for you. Um, you're taking a flight, which is why we had to adjust the timing of this. Yeah. What's your, what, what are you planning on doing on the flight? Are you a Netflix guy? Are you pre-downloading something, a book? Are you listening to uh, the Tick, Tick, Boom soundtrack? Where you yeah, at? yeah. Well, we're just flying to Kansas City to, to go visit some, some fam. Um, I, I like to... If I'm bringing my laptop, I'm gonna be playing video games on my computer for. What game? You got it. I mean, like you gotta. 
Um, so I've only I only play one game, and it's Age of Empires two. So okay. 1999's game of the year. They've like put it out on Steam. It's a lot of fun. If anyone wants to play, uh, I don't know what my gamer tag is. I mostly just play the computer. Um, so I'll probably be playing a little AOE, uh, mix it up. You know, something to do. Okay. Well, uh, good luck on the uh, AOE two playground. No, yeah. but I was I was trying to think of like the the name for the you know course that the fight takes place on. Um, this the realm. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the realm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. There we go. Uh, no one dominates the realm like my friend Brian Stabby. Tiramisu uh, is his gamer tag. You can check him out on AOE too. Brian Stabby from Hogshaven. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you soon. Want to give a big time thank you, big time shout out to Brian Stabby and Hogshaven for the time. You will be hearing from him again two weeks from today when Dallas is getting set to host the Washington football team. That game will be on Sunday Night Football. There's a lot of action happening between now and then. As mentioned, if things go a certain way, if Dallas wins on Sunday, if Philly beats Washington next week and Dallas beats the Giants next week, boom. Hats, t-shirts, NFC East champions, you got it. So we're obviously hoping for that, but we got to get through this Sunday first. This is a big game. This is a massive game. I've been saying it all week long. This is the biggest game for Mike McCarthy as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Biggest game in his time as the head coach of this team, of America's team. And, you know, we talked about this on the roundtable. We tweeted out the graphic on Wednesday. He is generally a very, very, very good football coach in the month of December. In fact, he has his highest winning percentage by month in the month of December. It's December. This is it. This is time. We all thought that Chiefs game, I mentioned that was the last time we had this episode of the Ocho, or this show rather, we thought that game, some people thought that game was going to be this like massive, epic, oh my gosh, Super Bowl preview. When we saw the Cowboys didn't treat it that way. They didn't play Tyron Smith. They knew that as far as consequences are concerned, that game carried the least. This is the opposite. It's on the road against a division rival, the reigning division champions. You go and you win this game and you basically win the division. You still got to do some things, don't get me wrong and I'm not trying to get in over my skis here, but you win this game, and man, you are in the driver's seat, and it is important. So let's hope it goes the Cowboys' way. We do have our Madden simulation up on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. It was very favorable to the Dallas Cowboys. I'll let you know. And by the way, last week's Madden simulation, no big deal, 100% accurate. Predicted the Cowboys to win 27-17. to The Cowboys won 27-17, to so you really want to go check out what happened in this one. Spoiler, the Cowboys won. They had a really good performance. It was a little bit dramatic if I'm being honest with you. But go check that out. Check out our preview show. You can watch the conversation that Stabby and I just had. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Blogging the Boys, on Instagram at blogging.the.boys. If you have a message, it's longer. My DMs are open. You can always email me, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. The next time you hear from me specifically here on the podcast network will be on the post-game show on Sunday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys are 9-4. and four. That's right. I'm putting that energy out there uh but i hope you have a fantastic day i hope you have the best day ever let's get this dub let's get this people still say let's get this bread let's get this bread uh have, have the greatest day of all time have the best day ever like i said just i'm talking just have the greatest day of all time you know why because you deserve it we will see you manana my friends as always go cowboys and peace out